0: I'm Jim Park. This is HDT Talks Trucking. Well, trucking has a parking problem. Nothing new there. I've been writing about the shortage of safe and accessible parking spaces since 2005. Since then, the number of trucks seeking overnight parking has grown, while the number of available spaces has declined that's mostly due to urban encroachment. And there's been very few new parking spaces opened up during that time, particularly in places we really need them. But the situation looks marginally brighter here in the fall of 2023. Jim Ward, the president of the Truckload Carriers Association, joins me to talk about the scope of the problem, some of the potential solutions, and to address the thorny issue of paying for parking. My conversation with Jim begins right after this smart way verified double coin truck tires support the sustainability goals of the transportation industry
1: to find a dealer or truck stop near you visit www.doublecointires.com the smart money is on double coin
0: jim ward president of the truckload carriers association welcome to hdt talks trucking good to have you aboard sir hey jim thank you very much uh, it's a pleasure to be here This truck parking problem has been going on for ages, decades now, probably. Um, Sometimes it's hard to pin actual numbers on this, but I've heard numbers somewhere in the 10 to 1 ratio of the number of available parking spots to the uh, number of trucks that need them. Now, not all those trucks need parking spots every night, but uh, certainly there's a severe shortage of places to park. Uh, can you kind of frame it for us? Like how, how bad is the problem really for your members?
1: Well, you're at, you're absolutely correct, Jim. And uh, you know, it has been a growing problem for quite some time. And uh, the professional driver, the last three years in the transportation research Institute survey of the professional driver has uh, named it. Number one as the issue to affecting them and, and their, their, their uh, conditions on our nation's highways as a professional driver. And so uh you know, it's uh, Secretary of Transportation, uh, Pete Buttigieg, he delivered a truckload 2022 remarks at our annual meeting. And when he did, he talked about uh, conditions and he, and, he, and he talked about compensation. Compensation, when he talked about that, he was talking about, you know, training pay and detention pay and things like that. But conditions, you know, he certainly recognized the uh, our nation's highways as the professional driver's workplace and realize that there is a uh, a significant need to build out additional truck parking on the highway today. You're right. The uh, ATRI study has pointed out where, you know, there's there's one spot for every 11 professional drivers on our nation's highways driving today. And they spend an average of about an hour uh, looking for parking every single night. That was backed up by a recent U.S. transportation Survey that was completed that basically stated that 98% of uh, drivers regularly experience problems finding uh, safe parking. So it's a real challenge.
0: You say 98%?
1: Yes, sir. The study That's- of the uh yes, sir, 98% of them or have issues uh finding uh regular or experience problems regularly, finding uh finding uh safe, adequate uh, parking.
0: Do you have any idea how much that adds up to and lost hours of productivity? I mean, driver has to stop say an hour, two hours early, uh, give up two hours of driving on a given day to find, because they've got parking, uh, start the trip the next day, maybe push back the delivery time. It's got a, a ripple effect. Do you? So how bad is it? How much does it cost us?
1: Well, it, it, it does. And uh, so when you think about the fact that there's about 313,000 parking spaces throughout the U.S. today for commercial vehicles to park, and there's three and a half million professional drivers. Now, not all three and a half million of those professional drivers are looking for parking spots every single night. But just say it's 50% of them that's spending an hour looking for safe, reliable, adequate parking places. It's a big number. And it's It's certainly an enormous number. Yeah. It does.
0: And there's a safety component there, too. Uh, And compliance, if you want to get right down to it. Drivers who are, you know, trying to push the envelope, maybe hoping they'll find a spot uh, and don't. And they run out of time on their ELD. Of course, you can't go back and fudge that anymore. Maybe you can put it onto personal conveyance. But how often do you think drivers get stranded high and dry and just simply have to stop wherever they are because they ran out of time looking for a parking spot?
1: I think more often than most of us realize. And, you know, there's there's some really good technology out there today of heat maps that's been developed. Uh, Nicole Katsikage from uh, Texas a and uh, I know she recently was interviewed in a Transport Topics interview with myself Uh, I have been on calls with her looking at some states that they've done work in with heat maps and they can tell you the time of day when the when the uh, parking space is available from the state and and even some of the, you know, uh, travel centers. Once they become full, you can see where the where the trucks move out and over into to be able to find spots to park. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we have we have good data available to us uh, through the electronic logging devices today to know where these issues and bottlenecks are being created and in and, and what states they're in and, and where they're occurring. And so it's pretty significant.
0: I guess it was last, last fall, but a year ago, uh, Lytics, the d- telematics dash cam company, uh, they came up with a list based on, you know, their tracking of trucks movement around the country of 20 of the most dangerous, they call them on and off ramp parking locations that drivers often go turn to when the truck stops are full. And they identified, I don't know, 20 of these spots that they figured were high intensity, dangerous, lots of uh, overnight truck traffic. Um, That's apparently where we need parking. Have any of the studies you've read identified areas where it's required? I mean, I don't want to, you know, downplay this this problem, but I would guess in places like Nebraska and Wyoming, it's probably easier to find a spot than – you know, in Bayonne, New Jersey. So uh, all this money that's coming from the federal government, is some of it going to be put towards areas where we really need the parking versus just a spot where you can build 10 acres of parking? Uh,
1: it is. And, you know, that's one of the things about the uh, the RAISE grant program that uh, earlier this year, U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, announced, you know, that there was going to be more than $2.2 billion for discretionary uh, uh, Grant program for facilities to be built out for truck parking. They were looking at like 162 different infrastructure projects across the country and funding about 28 million for truck parking projects. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's that's really important. Is that going to fix the situation as we all know it today? Absolutely not. But it's it's certainly a start and it's certainly a way to be able to to start to help improve some of these conditions on our nation's highways for the professional driver. And and again, making sure they're well lit, making sure they have appropriate amenities. You know, clean restroom facilities. I I would just share with you, I I drove in this morning from Western Maryland here to Alexandria, Virginia, where TCA's headquarters is located. And when I come over South Mountain, which a lot of people can understand the South Mountain rest area, because that's where they arrested the Beltway shooter several years ago. Yeah, I remember remember. that. And, And both ends of that rest area, both coming down the mountain from South Mountain and then going past the rest area, going down the mountain. There were trucks parked on both ends of it back along and off the side of the highway. And look, we as an industry, we don't want that. But we also have come to realize the fact of the matter is, you know, drivers have to get the rest. They only have so many hours. They have to pull over when they have to pull over and and, and get their adequate rest. And so it certainly creates a very unsafe condition. And, um, you know, I know there's there's a lot of those spots throughout the country. I, I was uh, had just recently read an article in Transport Topics where they had interviewed the uh, Minnesota Department of Transportation uh, representative for freight and railroad planning section. He's the interim supervisor, Andrew Andruski, and he just said in, in 2019, in a study that they had conducted, they had 4,834 truck parking spaces available across the state, but there were over 26,000 daily truck trips. It's a it's a huge issue, and and again. You know, as as carrier re- executives and representatives uh, involve themselves in the freight planning for their states, as they involve themselves in their metropolitan planning organizations, we need to make absolutely sure that that safe, amenity, well lit truck parking, you know, gets its right place in the dollars that are being allocated to these states for our professional drivers.
0: Well, if you look at that particular rest area, the one you talked about just a minute ago, where where around there. Could you build uh, sufficient parking? I mean, obviously, the drivers kind of naturally gravitate to certain rest areas, certain areas, because they're close to major urban centers where they're going to be making deliveries in the morning. Uh, It's a kind of a staging area for the trip into the city in the morning. Uh, You you can't literally, you know, start moving people out of their neighborhoods to to build truck parking. It's one thing to say we need it. We're going to have to build it. But, I mean, can we put it where it's necessary, where it's needed?
1: I believe we can, and 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 you know again, not, some of them not without your challenges. There's there's no question about it. Yeah. But but again, when when you when you look at the uh, the uh, the truck stop change, you know the large travel centers, the pilots, the travel uh the uh, the uh, travel centers of America, the loves travel stops. I mean, they all have new stores in progress, significant numbers of new stores in progress, which mm-hmm. which, which is certainly going to help. But but again, we're also gonna to have to look at some of the some of the states and in, in in the federal government for funding some of these programs. You know, the um the uh Mike Boast, HR 2367 Truck Parking Improvement Act, you know, was introduced by Representative Mike Boast, whose family was involved or was involved in trucking in Illinois. Uh the bill provides for the construction of commercial truck vehicle parking at both existing and new parking areas. So they are looking at areas and opportunities. For expansion, which I think is really important, mm-hmm. I know I said in some meetings, and uh, sometimes get get looked at with a little bit of a frown. But I've told many of the uh, many of the uh, representatives that I've had an opportunity to speak with, some of these uh, some of these rest areas are landscaped nicer than my home, so maybe a few less flowers, and uh, you know would would uh, certainly provide another couple spots for us to be able to consider getting a few trucks in there.
0: This is HTT Talks Trucking. I'm Jim Park. I'm speaking with Jim Ward, the president of the Truckload Carriers Association. When we come back, paid parking. Is that the best way forward? Stay with us.
1: Time is money, and that's why CatScale built the Way My Truck app. Your drivers can complete their entire way without ever leaving the cab. They'll see their weights on their mobile device or tablet, and scale tickets can be automatically emailed to you. With a fleet profile, you can save back office time as well. No driver reimbursements. And you'll have access to report data. Find out
0: more at WeighMyTruck.com. Well, following that crash in Highland, Indiana, a couple of months back, um, I spent a bunch of time on Google looking at that site, trying to figure out how the crash might have happened, where the bus was coming from, where the trucks were parked, etc. And looking at the Google map of the rest area itself, you could see where trucks park on the on-ramp they park on the off-ramp from the highway into the rest area they also park on the highway on-ramp which means the exit from the rest area and i just kind of was playing around with some rough numbers and measuring things <laughs> on my computer screen i figured you could double the capacity of that rest area if they widened the exit ramp from the rest area in other words back onto the highway where Vehicles are traveling at pretty slow speeds anyway, and the likelihood of a collision in that circumstance is pretty slim. Uh, keep them off the inbound side, where they're coming off the highway at high speed, where the risk is present. Is the DOT, do you know, talking about revamping some of these places? If you could double the capacity in that rest area, uh, what could you do in others?
1: Yes. Yes, they are. They are looking at, at at opportunities to be able to expand some of the rest areas that are that are currently out there. And I, t- I tell you, you make a really good point. I mean, and and we know this. There are still rest areas that are mothballed in some of these states that were shut down pre-COVID because mm-hmm. of budgetary constraints. And so, when we talk to, have had conversations with with the, um, Secretary Buttigieg as well as Administrator Hutchinson, we continue to ask for them to help target in on some of these states to be able to get some of these locations open back up so the professional driver could can take advantage of them. And uh, you know, she she basically uh she being being administrator Hutchison basically has said that, you know, they're proactively working with local and regional uh levels to develop numerous resources across USDOT for truck parking construction, expansion, and technology solutions that in working collaboratively with the various agencies with US within USDOT. So that's encouraging. Again, the challenge is, 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 you know, we're, we're way behind the eight ball. Yeah. And as, as, as demand continues to grow and, and uh, you know, for freight and, and, and wanting consumers wanting their freight now, you know, not three days from now, but tomorrow it just creates a, it's, it, it's a real challenge. Uh, I think Dan Murray from atri said, you know, we're not going to fix this with a band-aid. This is going to take an overall require an overall strategy with, with key tactical solutions in a very timely manner to be able to overcome this challenge.
0: Do you have any insights or clues on when we might actually start to see shovels in the ground on some of these projects?
1: Well, you know, some have taken place. I mean, there was there was a there was an expansion with some of the discretionary dollars that was used from the uh IIJA. Bill, uh, in Arizona, the Sunset Point rest area along Interstate 17 is now open after the completion of a $7.5 million project uh, developed by the Arizona Department of Transportation. It added additional truck parking in addition to upgrades to the facility's restrooms, water, and septic systems. Nevada, uh, there was a truck parking enhancement that took place there. Uh, Recently, there uh, there was an expansion in Arkansas that was led by the Arkansas Trucking Association, where the there was a 15 percent increase in its in its own registration fees, but in part to fund the Arkansas Commercial Truck Safety and Education Program. And that project was afforded projects in West Memphis, parking expansion. And uh, so so there's some activity taking place. Well, that's is encouraging. It, is, is, it, is it is it is it enough? Absolutely not. But are we moving in the right direction? I give everyone credit for the direction that we're moving in.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't argue with that. It's it's slow, but it's coming.
1: And it's bipartisan. That that's the other that's good, the good thing. thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, we all know it's bipartisan. So both sides of the aisle agree on the fact that we need to provide this expansion, this seven hundred and fifty-five million dollars that we're talking about. You know, over over five years is is uh, is. I know some people say, well, you know, that's only a drop in the bucket. But I say, hey, look, we'll take a drop in the bucket. We have to start somewhere, and and you know that can build the foundation for the future.
0: Well, when it comes to parking, uh, historically. Truck stops have not charged for parking, and carriers have been loath to pay for parking. But do you not think that if parking had been uh, a paid service, that the truck stops would have seen an opportunity to make money and maybe developed more parking? Have we sort of you know cut off our noses despite our face here because we refuse to pay for parking?
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't know. know. I know that's been kind of a a trend that has that has started more on the private side, probably less in the travel center arena and more in in, in private parking. And, and I think it does probably make sense for some carriers based upon the sensitivity of freight and there's certain networks for them to be able to consider, or, you know, if there's drop and swap that's taking place, why, uh, You know, it it probably it all depends upon your business model. It all depends upon, Mm -hmm. you know, your freight rates with that you're dealing with with your customers and your consumers. It all depends on the velocity of the freight that you're moving. So I think there's a lot of things to be looked at. But but again, I know there's there's carriers out there that that on occasion, you know, open their lots up for for parking for the rest of the industry in regards to now some of them, some of them, I would assume most of them probably charge some kind of a stipend for that overnight parking at their facility. But then there, I know there can be some challenges that goes along with that. You know, you have to have access to your appropriate amenities, uh, restroom facilities, shower locations, well-lit area. But I do think there's going to be more of that looked at as in, in the future.
0: Well, years ago, probably 15 years ago, and how I wrote a story about the shortage of parking. Uh, and I spoke to the operator of a truck stop in Scranton, Pennsylvania, an old guy has been in the industry for years and years and years. And he was predicting that sometime in the future, uh, and I think that day is here, he said that the if the carriers want truck stops and parking facilities, they're going to have to band together and build their own because the truck stop chains simply can't afford the development fees and stuff that are that you see today if they can't make any money off their lot. So are truckload carriers talking about building facilities, uh, parking areas, staging areas for uh you know, multiple carriers, but inside that same facility?
1: So I don't know about multiple carriers. I think some are doing that now, to be quite frank with you. I think probably on a fairly small scale. I think most of them are looking for themselves and where they can lease space to be able to provide parking within certain within their network in certain lanes. Uh, But but I would think that could be something of the future, you know. Again, I go back to I go back to our federal government. I mean, Congress has certainly proven that it can deliver on a bipartisan basis on issues that will improve the conditions for our industry. You know, in, in December 2021, they passed the infrastructure bill, as I mentioned before. In January 2022, they approved a significant investment to repair bridges. And so, you know, we truly believe now is the time to, to prioritize truck parking. And again, I think you're going to continue to see, based on the entrepreneurial spirit of the industry, you know, carriers looking at alternative ways to be able to fix the need that they have right now, which is kind of fix the obvious, mm-hmm. but, but I think it's really important that we continue to to, to communicate with and, and take advantage of the bipartisan situation and, and agreement that we have on this particular issue for the industry inside the Beltway and in and, and, and states at this particular point in time.
0: Well, I certainly hope you're right, Jim. You know, we're up against the wall here. We need a solution pretty darn quickly. So uh, I thank you for your insight on that. Well, you're more than welcome, Jim. Thank you. I've been speaking with Jim Ward, the president of the Truckload Carriers Association. Jim joined us from TCA headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. If you liked that interview, please hit that subscribe button and give us a like. That helps other people to find us. And check out our other social media channels, too. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And check out the digital version of HDT. You'll find tons of great trucking industry content at truckinginfo.com. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for watching.